Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Vince McMahon makes not one but two appearances on WWE television. We have AEW ramping up the Forbidden Door and our Forbidden Door predictions. Brock Lesnar makes his return. The G1 blocks get announced. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Can't already start rolling your eyes, dude. You better get that heating up button ready to go. Oh, he's hot. He's hot already. He's hot already. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Heel Street Blues. <laughs> and sitting to my left, that really dates us. If you know what Hill Street Blues is, you are old. <laughs> sitting to my left, as always, we have Jason Cordelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Shit. I was about to say, Hill Street Blues, my mom watched that shit. She made me watch it. That it was, was a good. really fucking good show. If you didn't see it, take your ass. Go into the archives, check that shit out. But before you do that, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 262, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity at BFR. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes about Vince. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes about Brock. I can't wait to get in that ass. Cannot wait. Obviously, Forbidden Door coming up, too. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have making his triumphant return. Two beers, Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beer? BFR West is in the house. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to get in that ass. I can't wait to uh, get in that forbidden door. I think that's what Vince said to that secretary, paralegal. But uh, <laughs> you just got spit take am, out of uh, Jason. <laughs> really uh, sad to miss last week. Uh, I was injured just like every fucking wrestler in AEW. No shit. That's right. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff to get to this week. One of these days, like I always say, one of these days we're going to have a slow week. It is not a slow week. <laughs> it's ain't that week. There has been, it, it has been kind of a uh, uh, forbidden build to the forbidden door. There is... Uh, a bunch of stuff to get to, just too much stuff to get to. We are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is nice outside. We're on my back porch. Unfortunately, my poor baby, little Edna Guerrero, uh, she is 10 months old and she is sick. She has a virus, and I'm trying not to be the typical first-time dad where I see a sick baby and I feel like taking her to the ER every time she coughs and shit like that, but she did have a pretty high fever, took her to the pediatrician today pediatrician uh set my mind at ease but uh yeah it's been uh it's been a harrowing day uh zach do you have any dad advice for me with my first sick baby uh man it is uh that's always rough um just the anxiety because there's this like helpless feeling where you just want to take on the sickness where like you just wish that there was a way that you could just relieve them and then like take on that burden and uh yeah it's it is, it is rough, but yeah, as you look through it, babies are like super resilient, you know, except for the dead ones, but they're like, usually they like with super resilient. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Let's get to that three count. Good Lord. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He really knows how to. He really knows how to get me. <laughs> Jason, what's the one count? Let me get this laugh in because this is going to be the last laugh you're going to hear for about five or ten minutes. We're going to talk about things WWE, and obviously we had a couple returns this week. 
one of Brock Lesnar, but the first one I want to talk about is obviously Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As you heard last week, we were trying to speculate what could be of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, what the future lies, and then, of course, WWE waits until we are done recording to drop the hammer on Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I won't say they dropped the hammer. Reports are, obviously, that he stepped down as... CEO of WWE, Stephanie McMahon, apparently takes her his place. So, okay, I'm like, all right, no big deal. You know, this is probably something that should be done for financial reasons. You know, if you're a stockholder in WWE, you probably want to have Vince step aside and have someone come in that will be, that have the confidence of shareholders, stockholders, whatever you want to call them, yada, yada, yada. Then around 2.30, 3 o'clock on Friday, I read on Twitter that Vince is going to be on SmackDown. And I said to myself, what in the fuck would you come on SmackDown for after you stepped down as the CEO of WWE? But then I thought to myself, wait, this is Vince McMahon. This is classic Vince McMahon. Why would I think he would do anything but? Carney to the end. Come never, out. Never miss a chance to pop a rating. And it popped a rating. I was like, okay, and I tweeted that day. I was like, look, I don't know what Vince is going to come out and say, and I don't really care. At this point, he just needs to go somewhere and shut, sit down and shut the fuck up before he says something stupid. See Deshaun Watson's lawyer. That being said, he comes out, and I, I can honestly say the crowd reaction flabbergasted me, for lack of a better term. It was like watching the returning hero come home, people bowing, everybody's cheering. I mean, maybe it's piped in or whatever, and I'll give you that if you want to say they piped in some noise. But you, when you see people smiling, like I said, bowing, like, you know, he's still the god of professional wrestling, that disgusts the shit out of me. Really? This is what you motherfuckers are going to do? When you have the opportunity, I'm not saying that they should have booed him, but I'm saying in just not even decency, but just look at the story, okay? It's not a good fucking look. The last thing he should be doing is coming out on TV, number one. The last thing that people with children, daughters, should be clapping. It's like, oh, Vince is back. Fuck Vince McMahon, Okay. That motherfucker should have never came out on TV. He comes out and, like, gets a little rally around, you know, then and now together forever. Man, fuck that shit. Okay? Sit your little wrinkled, prune face ass in the corner and shut the fuck up for a little bit. Let the grown folks try to get your ass out of this shit again. Zach, you were gone last week when we were speculating about it, and we, like Jason said, we didn't even... From the time that we finished recording to the time that the podcast was up, basically all my predictions had been completely disproven. <laughs> right. Uh, I too. Zach, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, nothing surprises me after, like, the Trump presidency. But, yeah, I mean, those people were clapping harder than John Laurinaitis clapped them cheeks, man. Mm-mm. They were just loving him, loving him. But, I mean, they did the same thing if Trump came out. A bunch of fucking idiots, really. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it was not surprising, but uh, yeah, like built that total carny to the end. Uh, overall, you know, thinking about the, you know, the whole investigation and stuff, like Vince is like mega rich. He's going to get away with like 
whatever, like whatever. But uh, he might be forced out of like a leadership position on like the board, just by the board. Um, if, you know, I think the main kind of crux uh, reading about it is that, that the raise that uh, this woman was allegedly given just after she started a sexual relationship with Vince, because that is company money and that's publicly traded um, company. Uh, you know, if he gave her $3 million of his own money to not talk about it, I mean, I guess that's his prerogative and her prerogative for taking it. Um, I think uh, if I was a woman that had sex with Vince McMahon and $3 million was my rate, like that's my rate and you got to give me like one mil and then in a couple more years, give me that other two mil. I'm asking, like I'm putting up asking for some money. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my thought. Uh, so a couple things here and I'll, I'll, I'll just say this just to get it out of the way. The investigation is not into that. There was any kind of sexual assault. The investigation is into the payoffs and whether he violated some some kind of law, and certainly to the to the board, to the corporate board, uh, whether or not he he is fit to still be chairman and CEO of WWE. That part is yeah, and they don't even they don't even care about any like sexual assault or anything. Whether there was, they care about the stock price because the board is beholden to the stockholders. And they only want that stock price to be high. That's all they give a shit about. So that's, I mean, but it is a legitimate investigation. It's not like the board is inspecting the board or like the Uvalde police or, you know, we, we investigated <laughs> the Uvalde police. Uh, you know, we did nothing wrong. We investigated ourselves. It's not like that, like, thankfully. So, Right. Uh, I just wanted to say that to get that out of the way. The part that's interesting to me or the part that's notable or conversation worthy to me is that he's still in creative control right. i mean as the mark right as the as the viewer as the audience nothing has changed for At us all. so this is just no and stephanie's really just probably a puppet you think stephanie's just like going to go against like his wishes like he's just gonna be like hey i want you to do this and stephanie's gonna be like, yeah we'll just do that like no probably not player. um as for the appearances I mean, it's just kind of a it, – it's him going out there being like it, – it's him saying without saying, hey, Fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. Fuck I'm, st- I'm still here, which really just almost makes me feel like, oh, God, this is just a sad old man, dude. He is just – he's hanging on to the bitter end. Um, there's not that much more to say about this, I think. I mean, Shit. I did watch SmackDown when it happened. That together thing wasn't on there. They added that on there for that night, right? Or has it always been? He said then, now, together, forever. But, but the signature, the, the signature, then the beginning now, of the show, right. still says together. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not together with you. No, I mean, you on your own on this one, dog. <laughs> well, I just don't care. I mean, I I hope he burns. I think it'd be fucking hilarious. No, it's not even that. It's just it's. Oh, it's that for me. To me, it's the arrogance of it all. It's it's basically you know what. I've stepped down from CEO of WWE, but I'm going to still be Vince fucking McMahon. And I'm going to come out when I want to come out. You're going to cheer when you're supposed to cheer like little fucking puppets. He came out twice. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that, like, those people cheering, and I, I'm going to say this without trying to sound condescending, but 
most WWE fans and most people that go to the shows and you've been to the shows, they're we're a small we're a minority in in the the live crowd at the WWE event. It's a lot of parents, it's a lot of kids, it's a lot of parents that probably aren't on Twitter that might not know anything about the lawsuit. Like they you know the 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 Raw show was in Nebraska. Right. Like nothing against Nebraska cuz I live in fucking Missouri, but Yeah, no shit. It's not like people that live in Lincoln are really that tuned in to what's going on on the corporate side of WWE. They just hear Vince's music. They were probably confused at him coming out. They probably were like, "Oh, the show probably hasn't started yet." Wait a minute, 703? Wait, it definitely has started. I so I kind of give some of the people in the I, I give most of the crowd a pass because they probably got off work at four thirty, went home, grabbed their kids, and went straight to the venue and ate a thirteen dollar hot dog for dinner when they got there. <laughs> so I'll give them a little bit. Of, I'll, I'll, I'll there's some there's a little bit of grace that I'll give those people, Jason. You can give them their, that grace if you choose. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. I just refuse, especially the Nebraska on Raw. That's three, two, three days after the fact. And you guys were just jumping up. Happy to see Vince. Fuck that shit. You motherfuckers need to get, get motherfucking dealt with, too. You want to talk about on Friday night? I'm sorry. I still think there's enough time to where you know how shit happens in the crowd. There can be just some, you can hear somebody say behind you, next to you, oh, I heard Vince is coming out. And you're like, what? Vince is coming out? No way. And then that's, he's, still, he's still a big time celebrity. I'm not disagreeing that with like, that, that Bill. they like to see. Dude, I'm sorry. If O.J. Simpson walked in the door, I'm not going to give him a big ass hug. O.J. Simpson, that was 26 years ago. I don't give a rat's ass. Okay. Well, I okay. All right. Okay. So, so since you said that I'm a minority, do I get to use the hard R now? Yes, you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Feels good being a minority, man. Feels good taking it to the other people. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I'm sorry. I don't give anybody a pass. If you want to cheer Vince McMahon, that's on you. That just shows more about you than it does anything else. All right. So let's get to the Bru- fun, okay. the funner stuff. Let's get to stuff that. Let's get to the wrestling. Inside the ring, obviously, we had the main event on SmackDown being Riddle versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. If Riddle lost, Riddle could not uh, challenge for the WWE Championship again as long as Roman Reigns was the champion. Okay. I like this match. I think it reaffirms what I kind of thought about Riddle as of late. I didn't like his gimmick beforehand they paired him with Randy Orton and it sent him into another stratosphere realm whatever you want to call it to the point where now you can start to look at Riddle as someone that could be in the main event a year two years down the line obviously this will all depend on what Roman does in that same time frame neither here nor there um I thought the match was good the finish was fine it's just fun seeing Roman Reigns fight anybody except for Brock Lesnar and there we go. Roman Reigns basically is getting ready to bid us all adieu. He's, there's no one left. I couldn't disagree with him. I couldn't agree with him any more than that. And then Brock's music hits. What? Now, nah, I ain't one even what. I rolled my eyes. I, I wish there was a camera on me when it happened because I literally rolled my eyes. Come on, guys. This is the third time. 
okay? The great part about Okada and Naito, just on a side note, because it's kind of the same thing, but not really, they've wrestled three times, too. The great part about having Naito and Okada not wrestle is when they do wrestle, it feels special. It feels like it's a must-see moment, okay? This ain't the same thing with Brock and, and uh, Roman Reigns. They've wrestled five times well, since. I mean, Okada and Naito can also, they're capable of putting together a different type of match every time. They can, and just callbacks. I mean, there is no callback when all you do is suplexes, F5s, Superman punches, and spears. The last two matches that they had were less than 15 minutes. Less than 15 minutes. Who? So you wanted Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar. Have they ever had a match more than 15 minutes? Uh, if you want to count the... Uh, WrestleMania the tri- match? The triple threat where... Uh, Rollins cashes Rollins in? Rollins cashes in. I didn't look okay. at the, uh, the right. time, but... That was WrestleMania. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, there's no way they fought another match that was over 15 minutes. If you want to go check it out, cagematch.net, great place to go uh, for all your database needs for wrestling. That being said... I guess here's my point. I don't want to see this shit. Okay, you got plenty of other motherfuckers on this roster I do that can come in and and easily take the L. Couldn't agree more. Just do not want to see it. Just you could put anybody after, else after WrestleMania. I was done. The finish was to the point where I'm like, okay, this doesn't even a make sense. And now, B, it's one of those finishes where I'm wondering if this is kayfabe or not. That doesn't work for me. You have built this match up to be the greatest thing since sliced running bread, and now this is how you finish this shit? You couldn't even have a definitive fucking winner on the grand and stage of the WrestleMania with the two biggest stars with He's the undisputed title on the line, and you couldn't do that right. Fuck Brock Lesnar. I don't even want to say fuck Roman Reigns, but right now he is pissing me off to the point where I don't even care who wins this fucking match at SummerSlam. Last man standing. Like we ain't seen that shit before. Is that what it is? It's a last man standing match. God, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I felt like Hulk Hogan getting pitched doing a job when I saw that graphic uh, on Twitter, it was just a stare down between Brock and Roman. I was like, "That's not going to work for me, brother." I, I mean, when I, everything I everything that I could say about it, I feel like I I said I'm friends of BFR, but I mean, I'll say it again for the listening audience. Zach posted it, and I said, "Is that from SmackDown?" I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. Because how many conversations have we had? And obviously, this is our fault. How many conversations have we had? Oh, who could be next for Roman Reigns? Who's going to take the title off of Roman Reigns? If this is just a ploy to take one of the titles off of Roman Reigns and they figure out a way to do it, then you never should have done it in the first place, except you wanted that visual of the Usos and Roman Reigns, everybody walking down, three guys, six belts, fine whatever but why are we going through this again and is this really like please somebody convict Vince McMahon of something so that he just has to sneak notes out from prison so he can just book Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns I mean what are we doing guys it's it's so it's so frustrating. I don't even feel like talking about it anymore. But 
Good, I'll talk about this shit. Fuck it, yeah. I will will be more than happy to run this shit down some more. So Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar stare down, and Brock Lesnar puts his hand out to shake Roman Reigns' hand? Please, on sight. Roman Reigns and the bloodline should be trying to jump this motherfucker on principle alone. You cannot come out and fuck with the tribal chief. So now he puts his hand out to Roman Reigns to shake hands. And Roman Reigns looking at the crowd like, what should I do? What you mean what you should do? Come on, man. This is not even brain science, okay? This is not hard. You should be trying to stomp a mud hole in Brock Lesnar's ass. You have the numbers advantage. He is your biggest common enemy amongst anybody else on the goddamn roster, and he shakes his hand. Dude, I was so motherfucking mad. I'm like, dude, this is the dumbest shit ever. You're supposed to be a, a step, two steps ahead of everybody else. You got the wise man Paul Heyman in your quarter. You got the Usos out there ready to make a move, and you want to shake this motherfucker's hand. Dude, I was so motherfucking mad, I can't even believe this shit. This is the shit I'm talking about. Roman Reigns has been so good up until the point when they put the two titles on him. And then they were like, okay, now what? What you mean now what? You should have been having this already figured out. Who would have been next after Roman Reigns? Brock Lesnar comes out. I'm a firm believer in this, and I'll take this to the grave. Brock Lesnar came out to take more heat off of Vince McMahon. Okay, Vince steps down from WWE CEO. What can we do to take the onus off of Vince McMahon and put it back on the product? You do what you normally do. You call up your flavor of the month veteran wrestler in this case it's Brock Lesnar you go one more time Brock versus Roman Reigns come on now you can't sit here and tell me this shit is fresh new whatever I don't even care like I said I don't even care who wins this match all right this is an indictment on the on the booking process number one and more so an indictment on the wrestlers number two on the WWE roster. And it's not a knock against them. It's how Vince looks at them. Nobody is big enough to take on Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. Bobby Lashley's been calling Roman Reigns out for like two weeks, and all of a sudden you're going to pivot him to the U.S. title? Get the fuck up out of here. Bobby Lashley is perfect, especially if you're going to keep him as a babyface. I'm not expecting Bobby Lashley to beat Roman Reigns. I'm not expecting AJ Styles to beat Roman Reigns. I'm not expecting Edge to beat Roman Reigns. I'm just asking for some fucking originality for fucking once, okay? Stop going back to Brock Lesnar. Stop asking Rock to come back. Stop bringing Austin to come back. And I know everybody's like, oh my God, he said Austin. Yeah, I said Austin too, okay? At a certain point, you're going to have to let these other guys, the the normal, regular roster guys, fucking take control of the mantle and try to run this WWE ship. You can't keep bringing Brock Lesnar back at some point because he's going to get old, okay? And at some point, he's not going to be able to do the things he did 10 or 15 years ago. Since I left to go check on the baby and grab a beer, has Zach said anything? Nope. Okay. Uh, Zach, do you have anything else to say about this? Jason said it all. Okay. Is there anything else WWE? Very eloquently. Anything else? (laughs) Anything else WWE related that we want to talk about here? Um, Sasha Banks supposedly was released weeks ago. That's the latest rumor. Nothing confirmed or denied by WWE. Not denying it to me says a lot. Uh, Rhea Ripley is out 
yeah, that's a big deal. I, I do want to wait. Rhea Ripley being hurt, I, I think I, that's a big I deal, I want to wait for something official with Sasha Banks because I really feel like it's all speculation. Rhea Ripley being out of money in the bank sucks because I was looking forward to Rhea Ripley versus Sasha Banks. She has been replaced with Carmella. That was wrong black girl. Bianca Belair. Oh, Bianca Belair. Sorry. Um, she's been replaced by Carmella, so it's Carmella versus Bianca Belair, which I think is a, fi- it's a fine replacement for a placeholder match. We're not going to take the belt off of Bianca Belair. We could have told a story with Rhea Ripley. Now it's just going to be a showcase for Bianca Belair. Any thoughts on that, Zach? Yeah, it actually, even though I'm not sure I see Rhea versus Bianca, it actually might be better just because, you know, we knew that Rhea wasn't going to take that title off of Bianca. So maybe Rhea can come back with some renewed energy. Bianca can roll through a couple more opponents, and then Rhea gets her shot, and it seems like a a possibility, you know? Yep. Uh, anything else WWE? Uh, I, I think I've defecated on them enough for a minute. <laughs> I like the Elias Ezekiel thing. I think, I think it's kind of funny. Okay, see... You just, I mean, you just I, couldn't, you just I, couldn't I, just go on, could you? I hope it, I hope Kevin Owens is done with this <clears throat> after this, but you know it's kind of funny as a low low mid card no type of thing. Don't even go. Mid-card. I actually did. I actually did watch that skit. I, I liked it. Oh Jesus Christ! Jason, very entertained. <laughs> yeah, don't you like to be entertained? I do. Will you show me something entertaining, and you know, hopefully, I get a smile on my face, maybe laugh about this. This let's, that was horrible. Let's get to that two count. Thank you. God damn. Two beer. What's the two count? I don't know if you're still driving, but I can prompt you. Go ahead and ask me to prompt you if you don't remember what's next. But what's the two count? Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm back. Uh, so uh, two count, AEW Dynamite. I guess we could talk Rampage, but I was uh, out of town. I did not see it. So I don't know if anything super of note happened on Rampage. Uh, Moxley remember? versus Martin was pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was really good, actually. Yeah. Aside. Dante Martin, once again, is stepping more and more away from the, the tag team circles into the the singles foray. Um, Darius better hurry up and get back again. That's that's all I'm going to say on that. that. Just Dante Martin is just amazing at 20, 21 years old. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but nothing really noteworthy or newsworthy on Rampage. Right on. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, we opened with Brian Danielson and, uh, got quite a lot to say about this actually. So let's have it, man. You got, uh, you got two weeks built up. (laughs) Everybody step back, shoot some ropes. (laughs) Everybody step back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, they announced that Brian Danielson will be, uh, talking blood and guts and talking for business door. And we know that he's been on the shelf for a minute, and he's been injured. And, you know, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, they've already teased the ZSJ match. I'm like, we're going to get the announcement. And then we get the exact opposite of that. We get, uh, I am not cleared, not medically cleared. So another huge blow to a already kind of lackluster pay-per-view build and kind of a bummer experience. I know that they were kind of working with what they got, uh, but there's kind of a lot to unpack with this. So, you know, Danielson says he's not cleared, but he will be back. He's not, he's not worried about him. 
and he'll come back and he'll kick some heads in and so on and so forth. And he says he has someone lined up for Zack Sabre Jr. And, but he came out of the bad guy tunnel, came out of the heel tunnel, so he's not going to tell. And that really like kind of took the wind out of the sails of the promo, took the wind out of the sails of the audience, took the wind out of my sails uh, because dude, we're five days away. And I know that they don't plan on announcing it. It's just going to be a surprise. But guess what? This thing is fifty dollars. Like it's not like a, it's not like a loot box. It's not a lottery ticket. Um, it's just a pay per view. Like tell me what's going to be on the thing so I can decide whether or not to spend fifty dollars. Because you know what? My money doesn't go as far as it did six months ago. Everything's more expensive, and our planet is on fire. So please give me a reason to escape for four and a half hours. Don't. Tell me there's going to be a surprise. I'm not fucking five years old. All right. Um, so did not like that. I know it's not his decision. And then uh, the second thing I didn't like about this is they have Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I don't know. One of the greatest promos in current wrestling today. Come out without a bike and just start jabbering at the camera. And then that's all that we see of him. Like maybe the greatest technical wrestler on the planet. Uh, hence the whole build with uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, maybe um, one of the best promos uh, currently going today. Uh, definitely like one and one A in New Japan. Uh, baffling, baffling. You don't give this guy a mic. Uh, can, you got to build this show. Can I, I'm going to go next because something that Zach said just kind of pissed me off. And uh, basically everything Zach said just pissed me off because I agree with it 1000% and it all really pisses me off. Um, why can't they just announce this card? What is so hard about just announcing this card? Why do they have to, why do they have to be so cute with this shit? Announce some matches and build them. Show some fucking video packages of these guys from Japan. Cause I'll tell you what, and we'll get to it later. Okada coming out and beating up Jay White and Listen, that's not Okada's bag. He doesn't do week to week television like this, like like Dynamite and Raw. This is a, a this is American shit. That if anybody was watching, being like, I hear about Okada, I hear about Okada, I hear about Okada, and then Okada comes out and just does the same shit that everybody does all the time, which is just clear a couple guys from the ring, and half the audience doesn't know who Okada is, then you failed. Then you failed. But going back specifically to this segment. Don't give me a surprise. Tell me that it's going to be Claudio, a.k.a. Cesaro. Tell me it's going to be him if it's going to be him, because then I have five days to fucking look forward to the match. What is the point of surprising us? It's a pay-per-view. It's not he's going to be out on the next Dynamite. Tune in. Let me know who it's going to be. Secondly, as a Zack Sabre Jr. Mark, or a ZSJ Mark, as I like to call myself, why would you not have him cut a promo? The guy can cut. He would have eviscerated Brian Danielson out there if given the opportunity. He goes out there without a mic, and then if I've never seen this guy, here's this skinny motherfucker that probably weighs 175 pounds, and he's coming out in a leather jacket with douchebag hair, which Zach Ju Sabre Jr. has douchebag hair. Let that motherfucker cut a promo. What is so hard about this? They have completely botched this. Completely botched it. 
The only match that they've ever that they've given real build to is Tanahashi Moxley. And when we get to the final segment of the show, I'll let you know why that pissed me off too, Jason. Oof. Um Wow. Uh, didn't I didn't mind the promo from Brian Danielson. I thought it was you know I thought it was nice to see him cut a promo. It was yeah, just sit back and let let the man talk. Um obviously disappointed that we're not going to get the ZSJ match, but I kind of thought that if they were going to make the the match, they would have just made it right away and just been done with it. The longer they waited, the less hopeful I became, but that was just me. Now, that being said, I agree with what you guys said about having ZSJ come out. I mean, at the very least, stand in the ring with him, even though that would probably have been too much of a tease because you're not going to have the match. If you're going to have him come out, come out with Mike in hand, but once again, you're not going to have the match, so maybe that's the reason not to do it. Can Zack Sabre Jr. not come out I'm, and put him in some kind of some some kind of submission hold? Can, can Brian Danielson not be put in some kind of submission hold by Zack Sabre Jr. and be like, hey, here's the guy he's going to face. Look at this weird-ass fucking submission that Zack Sabre Jr., you, I mean, he's the new Dean Malenko. He's the man of a 1,004 holds. So if you did that and you came out and, let's say, Zack Sabre Jr. tied up, Daniel Bryan said like a pretzel, but you couldn't get the match, I don't necessarily think that's a, a good way to go. No, even if Daniel Bryanson can't be in the match then you at least put some heat on Zack Sabre Jr. Because he took this guy that's ineligible to fight and he put him in submission anyway and said, fuck you. There's no there's no way that he okay. couldn't take a... If he, if Brian Danielson is, is legit, medically unfit to wrestle, I don't think that once again... I get what you're saying, and it's a good idea, but if he can't physically do it then I don't think that's a good, smart business move. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when Punk dives into the crowd. Look, you're the champ now. You, you're bigger than diving into the crowd. You can go run, run around and give everybody a high five in the front row if you want to. That's a good look. But if you can't make this match, I don't necessarily have a problem with not having the physicality. Zack Sabre Jr. should have talked. I, I agree with you there. But I don't have a problem with them not touching. Okay. Yeah, this just reminded me of a really funny uh, movie, uh, indie movie by Taika Waititi, who has done a lot of really funny things since, uh, including the upcoming Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, but it's with one of the Flight of the Concord dudes, and it's called Eagle versus Shark. And the whole movie is this guy like preparing to fist fight his like childhood bully, and whenever he finally like confronts him, he realizes that his childhood bully has been paralyzed and is in a wheelchair. I know I just ruined like the whole plot of the movie that came out in 15 years ago, but uh, but yeah, it's just like it would have been dastardly for Zack Sabre to just do something to him. But I, I understand not touching. I kind of get both sides of it, but just give me something more than this. Uh, like Bill said, just don't be cute. Uh, this is not cute. Uh, like you're doing business. Like you want to build this thing up as big as it can be so that you can have another one. Unless they already decided that this has been a shit show and we'll just do it again uh, and do a make good, but it's been a shit show. Uh, even a, even the show week to week is is bogged down and it's not as good um, of a product. Well, it's like it. I mean, really, the idea should have been let's build up four matches 
as big as we can make them, and we'll just fill up the fill up the card with some other matches. But you don't yeah, have to match. you don't have to build up every match. You don't have to have Jericho come out and talk about Umino. You know, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just have four huge matches, and everything else is filler. In a good way, you know. Toriano's not even on this card. Oh. All right, Let's there is travesty. a God. <laughs> Absolute travesty. I'd pay so, uh, money to see that motherfucker kiss my ass. What's next, Zach? Uh, we had a Moxley cut a promo, just like Moxley does. It was good, you know. Talked about him getting healthy, being a better man, being a better father, uh, and facing uh, and meeting those things because he's facing down the biggest match in his life against arguably the greatest wrestler to ever live, and all that stuff is true. And that's what I love about John Moxley promos is he never lies. And uh, this is great. So much better than what happened later. But uh, basically just setting up for the main event. Then we had a six-man, Orange Cassidy and Rapungi Vice. Is he injured or something? We're getting a lot of Rocky Romero, which is fine. Rocky Romero is better than Chucky T. Um, sorry, Chucky. But, wow. Uh, Chucky T. Slander. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, I like him well enough. Um, he's got a great job. He just goes out there and, like, you know Chuck Taylor knows exactly, like, what he is. He's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he ain't out there. Like, uh, he's not a work rate guy, but he's having the time of his life. Uh, but still, and then they're facing the United Empire. Kyle Fletcher, um, Mark Davis, and Will Ospreay. So this match was just awesome uh, for, like, just a fun party match, uh, six-way, and uh, – or not six-way, six-man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they put uh, Orange over uh, Fletcher, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, just a fun party match and obviously setting up, building Orange up a little bit to face Osprey. Um, I don't really know what more you can say about this stuff. What happened? No, I liked it. You know what hit me the other night? Uh, I wasn't even thinking about wrestling, and the phrase Rapongi Vice just came into my head. And then I was like, wait a minute, is that a play on Miami Vice? Ding, 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 ding. Never occurred to me. <laughs> Look at the brain on Big Brad. Never occurred to me. You guys ever seen the movie Limitless where Bradley Cooper takes that pill that. Uh, gives you 100% of your brain activity. Yeah. And he takes Turns the pill. Keith Lee. <laughs> he takes the pill and he's like, oh, now he starts speaking all these languages and like figuring out the stock market. That's how I felt when I found out that Rapongi <laughs> Vice, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I'll be down. Uh, okay, what's next? Uh, then Jeff Cobb, Gridocon come out. Um, so there's like a five on three because, you know, you got the whole United Empire out there and FDR makes the save. So just a little another segment building for Bidden Door. But uh, then we get backstage segment with Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh. Uh, this was fine, uh, but there's like so much going on. I don't know that it matters to be on a go-home show for a match that it's not even like going to be on that card. Just save it for the next week. Like Nobody really gets a shit. Ding, ding, ding. Hang on. Uh, I want to jump in for 30 seconds on this one. Okay, so... Obviously, Samoa Joe's been out for a little bit, banged up with, by the way, it's attacked by Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Saddam Singh. Um, I guess the whole point of this promo was to say that Joe has 30 days to defend the title. Otherwise, he needs to drop the title. Okay, that's 
that's cool. I didn't know that that was a deal in ROH. Um, but if that's the case, where's Jonathan Gresham? It's been more than 30 days since he's defended the title. And there's no mention of that. So I guess I don't necessarily have a problem with the promo per se, but then if you're going to present this angle of the title has to be defended 30 days, then you need to be consistent with it. Otherwise, don't bring it up. Right. Just don't bring it up. If this and Every well, time they bring it up, all it does is shed light on how many times they don't bring it up. And I was thinking, I, I was mean, like, okay, then I, sh- I should have asked High Five Time this. Shout out to High Five Time. I'm going to see you on Sunday, my brother. I should have asked him this when we were talking. It, it does Is this an ROH thing? Is this a you know a normal always thing? Is this hap? Does this happen all the time? I think it's a wrestling trope. I think it's, I think I think so too because I don't. Th- yeah, I think it goes back to territories, and that's fine. I get that point, but then once again, th- don't bring it up. If this is not a thing that you're going to hold people to, quote unquote, there's no reason to bring it up. All you got to say is. Take the part about, you know, the 30 days being out and just call out Joe Samoa Joe to say, hey, I'm ready. To, if Jake Leeds was ready to take the title off of uh, Samoa Joe, I know you banged up. Stop being a little puss. Get your ass down in the ring. Let's have this match. Something along those lines. The stip that he brought up immediately made me stop and think, wait a minute. Is this an ROH thing or did they just put this out there for the angle? Either way, you're making me think about something other than the Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal match itself, which should be good. But I'm more thinking about the step than the match itself. That's a problem. Totally. Uh, then we have maybe the highlight of the show uh, for me. Uh, <laughs> Yo, boy. <laughs> he was <yeah>. pissed. <laughs> Christian, Christian Cage comes out and, um, you know, he does a much more complex version of the WWE because of the fans uh, promo, the heel, the heel turn promo. But uh, basically saying, you know, Jungle Boy eliminated him in a casino battle royal, and he's capable of Dude, holding a grudge. Dude, I totally forgot about that. I it's totally very forgot funny. about that. And he said it. I was it's like, a- oh, yeah, he did eliminate him. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, damn, you that petty? <laughs> and then it, yeah, like two minutes like, later, he was he like, he's like, Tony was like, I can't believe you're that petty. He was like, damn right I'm that petty. I was like, see, I like this Christian already right now. <laughs> I was say, yes, you've been holding this grudge for a, like a suitcase for a hot minute. I like this new Christian Cage. Go ahead. Now, this, this Christian Cage is infinitely more interesting than anything that he's done in AEW so far. Uh, you can tell he's having a lot of fun with it, like making Tony really hold the bike up. He's way taller than, than Tony. He's just making him hold his arm up there for like five minutes. Right, that's great to uh, say. Most motherfuckers just take the shit. No, 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 put that mic up so everybody can hear me. I was like, damn. <laughs> so good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he laid out, like, a logical reasoning, and this is something that's been building for a long time. Like, this is good. This is really good stuff. Yeah, I've been critical of the show up till this point, um, you know, except for the, the fun six-man party match. But uh, this is good shit. And, you know, he really kind of laid in for some stuff. He even kind of planted a seed maybe about an NJF view, uh, where he's like, oh, you know, you want to earn your paycheck? You want to make money like me? Try having a match that people talk about for more than a week after it happens. And I was like, oh, man, which I think is more 
of a uh, indictment of not even an indictment. It's just a, a reality of like how great wrestling is right now that we're in this kind of boom period of work rate and like awesome pro wrestling that we don't get to kind of, um, you know, savor the really great, greatly worked matches because there's so many of them. But, uh, but yeah, planted the seed for maybe an MJF feud. Uh, definitely, you know, laid in the Jungle Boy hard. Uh, you know, pulled some very, very cheap heat talking about his dead dad. And, um, yeah, Luchasaurus comes out and looks like oh, Jesus. Luchasaurus is going to be Christian's heavy, which I also like because uh, Christian's very full of shit. Like, he convinces Luchasaurus not to kill him. Right. And that they need to talk. And then he looks at the camera. Like, Sorry, oh, smiling. I was like, dude, you just got Jedi mind trick. Get your dumb ass out of this ring. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, like, it's, it's brilliant because otherwise, what else was Luchasaurus going to do? He wasn't going to do shit. So, uh, Luchasaurus, you know, Christian turning Luchasaurus against Jungle Boy and kind of using him as a barrier uh, before Jungle Boy can actually get his hands on Christian and eventually overcome um, him, uh, I think I think it's pretty smart. So I think I think this is very good booking and this is good TV. A few things about this segment. Uh, number one, I'd like to say that cheap heat is still heat. You know, I want to I I want to echo what Christian said because Christian really went at wrestling Twitter. And I, I loved it a whole bunch. I missed the first part of, of Zach's uh, talking about this. But, yes, this is Christian at his absolute best. Christian, heel Christian is the best Christian. And not only that, but I feel a little justified when I've always been a Christian guy more than an Edge guy. I've always said that I like Christian more than Edge. And I'm telling you, if you put their promos side by side – Christian is a way more believable, way less cartoony. And I know that cartoony, you know, you know, the old wrestling saying is you got to play to the back row and that's definitely what edge does. But in 2022, I think you probably want to be more of a Christian than an edge. Uh, the other thing that I'll say, I love the idea of Luchasaurus being Christian's heavy and saying, I think I said this last week, but I just want to reiterate just because I don't know if Zach heard it and I don't know if the listening audience out there listened to last week, but I just want to say yelling, you raised a piece of shit to your rival's mother sitting in the front row is probably the funniest wrestling thing that you can do. (laughs) Like A1, so funny. You raised a piece of shit, especially because (laughs) Jungle Boy has done nothing to be called a piece of shit <laughs> at all, <laughs> except for throw Christian out of a match in which he was trying, which everybody was trying to throw everybody out of a match. But to say you raised a piece of shit, I'm sorry. That's that's why wrestling will forever hold my heart as my favorite thing in the entire world because that is fucking absurd in the best way possible. I love I love the segment. I watched this promo twice. It was really good. It was, it was no question about it. It filled the MJF void. That was the first. That was my first thought afterwards. I was like, "Damn, that's some MJF type shit." You know, he just came after anybody and everybody that was associated with Jungle Boy. You know, the crowd. You know, obviously with the oohs and ahs. You know, that's always a good sign. You're hitting the mark. So in that scenario, I thought 
Christian did everything that he was supposed to do. You know, it's a why Christian why. He answered it. And then, you know, kind of piggybacked on top of it to where he's like, you know, I wanted to ride this gravy train until, it, you know, it ran dry. The one time I didn't come out to the match to uh, when they were the tag team champions. Completely logical. Lost, you know, Completely okay. logical. And now so it's like, okay, okay, all right, cool. So, And that's really all I ever ask is just make it make sense. And the other thing that Zach said that I want to respond to, like just kind of say in concert to is – when he says have a match that people remember more than a week from now, and then he said even have a match that they name a pay per view after. All very good. Zach said that's more of an indictment of how great wrestling is. It's also kind of an indictment of AEW. <laughs> like, I don't think that he meant to do this, but AEW from week to week lets nothing breathe. Like, w- once somebody gets a surprise win, there's two other guys in the ring that are getting ready to take that guy out that got that surprise win. Once somebody wins the title, once the Young Bucks win the titles, there's a Christian Cage heel turn less than fucking three minutes away. Like, AEW just doesn't let anything breathe. I love AEW. That is the, my biggest criticism against them. Now, it's like, it's the joke that Tubier said two weeks ago. It's it's the we didn't start the fire booking where it's like you have this, you got this, you got this, got this, got this. Got, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it, happened packs, in the, it happened in the next segment. It packs the two hours, but it, like you said, it doesn't let anything breathe from week to week or two weeks from then. It Either it's 100 miles per hour, balls to the wall, or you do something and then it goes away for a while and then they try to pick it back up again. What was next, Zach? Uh, young Bucks uh, with Kyle O'Reilly, who is apparently also injured. Um, people, uh, damn dog, how's know, he injured? Uh, Shit, he's hardly wrestled. Oh, his uh, his uh, charisma's broke. You ain't shit. <laughs> I'm watching you. You point out. Unfortunately, this is not a visual medium for everybody else. But I'm looking at Bill. And he's like pointing down in his leg or whatever, and I'm like. <laughs> Really? What happened to his leg? He's like, oh, yeah, he broke his charisma. <laughs> Motherfucker. I don't, know, I don't know if he's shoot injured or if it's just because, like, they racked him with the bat last week. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so they got a promo. Yeah, batting the balls. I would be sitting – I'll be taking a break from uh, wrestling for about a week. <laughs> taking a break from life. Right. Let's <laughs> say put some ice on this motherfucker. Go ahead. He's got uh, a yeah, he's got um, a torn personality. <laughs> you were sitting there. <laughs> I wish somebody could see this motherfucker. He was he took his he took like thirty seconds, pulled out his cigarette, took them and turned the mic off, and he was over there like plotting his next joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Go ahead, Tubi. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, basically, Young Bucks just set the promo saying they're going to be at Forbidden Door and they're going to face team up with Bullet Club to face uh, Sting and his cronies, which we'll get to. Um, Sting and his cronies have an amazing name. Uh, right, right, right. I don't, I don't know if you guys thought, but uh, we'll get to it here in a second. But uh, then we had Malachi Black versus Sensor Oscuro. I mean, this is a good match as, as expected. Uh, commercial break in the middle of it. But uh, Malachi Black goes over with Black Mask. No surprise here, considering Penta can't actually 
wrestle on the New Japan card because he's a AAA guy at CMLL. Put the kibosh on all the Mexican wrestlers. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Malachi Black goes over. Uh, and speaking of an homage to last week, um, you know, this is a qualifying match for the All-Atlantic title belt. And um, I just want to say the uh, great joke by Bill where he's like uh, – you know, everybody in the ring will raise their belts. Everybody in the crowd raises their belts. Excalibur <laughs> raises his belt. Jim Ross raises his belt, but his pants fall down because it's just his belt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I remember that. telling that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. No, it was good, but it it, it does make a point. I forgot there, about it until right now, but now I remember. Belts. There are a shit ton of belts. I will agree with that. Yeah, so, um, you know, Pat comes running down, just there black down, um, you know, Miro cuts a promo, um, you know, talking about God, gold, and gorgeous wives, and uh, yeah, then we're going to have those three dudes um, versus Ishii, but no, we're not, because Ishii is also injured. What? Yeah, uh, New Japan just announced Ishii has a knee injury. Replaced and by? And cannot compete. Clark Connors, Clark who Connors. is an awesome worker. Yes. But that is a big, like, I mean. That's, that's a letdown. That's a letdown. Yeah. He's an awesome worker. And it's just, the match is going to be. It's not Clark good. Connors' fault. No, it's not. I, no, just wanted to not. See, I just wanted to see Ishii just bang around with. Yeah. Yeah, Miro. Man. That's ultimately, a, that's I want huge, I want Miro and, and Ishii to like you know try to beat each other into the ground. That's a huge bummer. Yeah, for sure. I will say um, I do kind of appreciate that maybe this title. I know there's a lot of belts. Maybe this title. Maybe I said this before on the podcast, but I was drunk. I, I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, maybe this uh, could be like the work rate title, like the high speed title um, in Stardom, where you just get like really banger. 10 minute matches and they're super fast and that could be cool. Uh, damn, that sucks about Ishii. Um I'll I'll just say this. I don't necessarily mind the All Atlantic title. Uh I guess at some point I'm waiting to see if someone that's not contracted to AEW wins this title. That to me is more of a, a forbidden door than anything else because you're now allowing someone that's not underneath your umbrella, so to speak, to represent your company. That being said, Ishii is a, is a loss and it kind of takes a, puts a little damper on it. I get why Clark Connors is being his replacement. Obviously, that was the I shouldn't say obviously because not everybody watches New Japan. That was the uh, All Atlantic final on the uh, the New Japan side, so that makes sense. It's just you know, like I said, the good part about it, at least, and for he's me, an American, so he's probably but, already here. Yeah, it, for me, it, the good part about it is, selfishly, I've seen Ishii live when uh, at Windy, Windy City Riot. So I mean, that's off my checklist. But that match, if Having Ishii in it, that would have been something that could have easily stole the show. So that that part's the downer. There's just, you know, him not being there is, it really makes it feel kind of cursed because Ishii is one of those guys that unless you watch the G1, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like Mr. Smart here or anything, 
But unless you've watched the last couple of years G1, then you really don't – you might not understand, like, what a fun banger of a worker this guy is. Like, he works, he works stiff, he works hard, and he can fight anybody's match, and he makes everybody look good. Like, like I feel like the last – two G1s, we've talked about how he always has a great G1. He always ends up with, like, eight points, six something or eight like points or something. You know, he's never a threat to win it. But all his matches are good. But, God damn, if, you, if, if it's a guy that you like and he's fighting Ishii, you're like, oh, this is going to be a match I want to watch for Ishii's sure. Not, Ishii doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't back down. He's a stone pit bull for a reason. And I don't care if you're seven feet tall or, in the case of Clark Connors in there, or Atlantic, a tournament final – Ishii was the bigger guy, and that's and that rarely ever happens. Yeah, and it's 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 really a guy that as as a New Japan fan, I want to see fight. I want, I mean, I want to see him and Miro. I want oh, to yeah. see some big meaty men slapping <laughs> meat. You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. That's a, like I said, that part's the disappointment, but ultimately, I think it's going to be okay. Yep, uh, Zach. Uh, yeah. So then we had a Wardlow video package. Um, I don't know if anybody cares anymore. Uh, that's pretty harsh, but man, they've really cooled him off like a lot. Okay, yeah, hang, I think, on, I think, hang I th- on. I think it's I think it's better for him to take a couple weeks off, just throw some packages, and when he comes back, people will be excited to see him. I don't think they they purposely cooled him off. No, but they fucked it up. No, how no, they fuck it up? We talked about this last week. We, I mean, they, they Zach, go ahead. You haven't had a chance to speak on this. Well, they, just, they put him in a comedy match after, like, the biggest match of his life. He's back to doing, like, comedy segments. Like, I mean, killing 20 guys in a comedy segment. Like, I, No, I'll, I'll give you that part. I'm saying the, the Scorpio Sky part, that's not out of his control. If Scorpio Sky is hurt, then he's just hurt. It is what it is. The MJF part, if he's if this is a legitimate shoot, which I think it is, that is what it is. They're keeping him off TV for this reason. He can't do anything about that. What he the only thing he can do is be in control of what they're putting in front of him, which is not very good right now. Yes, but neither Zach nor I are criticizing Wardlow about this. It's no, just, not at all. It's it's circumstantial and booking, or it's booking one and circumstantial two. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, we had Adam Cole come out because he's going to be commentary for the next match, which was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey texted us about this in the group chat, and he's like, "Hey, it's like Silas Young's wrestling like he wants a job," and I was like, "Yeah, I was like I feel like I've seen Silas Young and Adam Page before." And then Excalibur, so I was like, "Oh yeah, these guys wrestled like they had a feud in ROH, which I think is right around the time that I actually started watching like ROH weekly for a while. I had always caught it late at night at the bar and stuff, um, you know, back in the day, uh, but I wasn't really watching wrestling regularly, but." Right around the time when Adam Page is in there, Young Bucks, Cody, that's like whenever I started watching it, and I remember seeing these guys wrestle. But uh, Adam Page is way better than he was back then, and this match ruled. Um, these guys really just, you know, let it all hang out. And uh, uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you agree? No, I, I was. I said it on Twitter when I was watching the match. I was like, you know. Silas Young and Adam Page, you know, they had the beef in ROH, but this ain't the same Adam Page anymore. I'm not saying that Silas Young hasn't improved, but Adam Page is not the same guy that was, I guess, 
almost a jobber for Bullet Club, for lack of a better term. He didn't. He wasn't like Yujiro, but he had way more talent. He just took a bunch of L's, and that's not necessarily his fault. It was. It just kind of is what it is. So now you fast forward to last night, where now you have this. I mean, just genesis of this new Hangman Page. You know, you have the Kenny Omega feud. He becomes champion. He has, you know, some good matches as champion and then just, just lost the title. This is a totally different Adam Page than Silas Young face. And that's what I thought the good part about it was where you saw, if you watch like High Five Time, we probably know this better than anybody else. From then to now, you can really appreciate how far Adam Page has come. And that way it kind of, you know, leads into what happens post-match with Cole and uh, Switchblade and one Reina Mecca. So I have uh, my relationship with Silas Young as a fan to a wrestler started when we went to, uh, I don't know if Jason was there. Zach was not there. It was before the podcast. I went with John Jones and Cedric and Tender Mahal, and we went to Ring of Honor uh, out, out in Collinsville. And Silas Young fought Cheeseburger. (laughs) And Cheeseburger is a skinny black wrestler, young guy. And Silas Young is a very huge white guy named the last last real man, man. Silas Young. And they had a match. It was the third match on the card, I think, second or third match. And I cackled the entire time. I was like, it, it wasn't a comedy match, but it was one of those matches that, like, reinforces my love of wrestling. And I was like, I love this dude. I subsequently uh, wrote a novel that I'm current, that is currently being edited by uh, – I'm getting it edited right now. I'm trying to get it published, right? And my main character – Every time I wrote his name, and Zach, Zach's read the novel, and every time I wrote the name Bronson the Priest, which is the name of the main character, I pictured Silas Young. Pretty good name, right? Bronson no, it's, <laughs> you see me laughing. I think it's great. Bronson the Priest. Um, then, uh, you know, fast forward to a couple weeks ago at the Wrestling at the Grandel show. It Silas, was not a couple weeks ago. <laughs> a couple months ago? I don't know, man. Time flies. How old is my daughter? Right? <laughs> uh, so I went to that show. That show was a ton of fun. Silas Young had a great match. Silas Young went to my the bar that I worked at for 16 years and still moonlight at sometimes. Jack Patrick's, not a sponsor. And apparently he was like the nicest guy there. He was taking pictures with everybody. He was doing shots. He closed the bar down. Apparently he was a ton of fun. And he is friends with Tender Mahal, Joey uh, O'Farrell these days. And him and High Five Tom hit it off. I am a I'm a huge Silas Young fan, and I root for him in all things. And I thought that this match with Adam Page. I thought that he put his best foot forward on national television. I thought he looked fucking great. He's a, he's kind of a Lance Archer type. Not as, not as big. Right. But, you know, he's a... He's a bigger a guy that can do big agile man, things. Yes. Big man wrestler. And he also sells like a motherfucker. And I, I root for Silas Young. I was a big fan of this segment. If ROH comes back and comes back in full swing, I'll, I expect Silas Young to be in the mix in some form or fashion, whether it's mid-card, upper mid-card, main event, whatever the case may be. For sure. Then what happened after the match, Zach? Uh, so, yeah, Cole, like, 
yells out to cut the music and starts cutting the promo, but he gets interrupted by Jay White. This is kind of like almost like a WWE kind of thing. Dude, and, you um, stole my thunder. Uh, it was. And then uh, Jay White comes out and interrupts him and apologizes for interrupting, but he says, um, you know, I'm not going to defend my title. Definitely not against you because you lost twice to him. <laughs> and then he told, which is pretty funny. Al Coy got shit to say. That's great. That dude, I love Jay White. I'm so glad he's back. He's the best. And uh, tells gets in the ring, tells Paige it won't be him, and Paige just slaps the mic out of his hand, and they start fighting. Cole runs down, you know, two on one. Uh, But Cole grabs the belt, and he teases maybe doing a belt shot to Jay White with his back turned. But Jay White, you know, picks up Paige, and they keep doing the belt. They're going to do the belt shot to him, but then the coin drops. And Okada's there, and I mean, not the greatest segment in the world. Um, I mean, Okada got a, a pretty good pop from Milwaukee, but uh, not the greatest segment as far as like introducing, uh, you know, arguably the greatest wrestler. I know I said that about Tanahashi, but he's also there. Uh, you know, greatest current performing wrestler, but um, you know, this definitely. Give me a shot of adrenaline for the pay-per-view because this thing was not looking great before Okada was not in it. And, I mean, I know a four-way, which is what this sets up, is not the ideal scenario. I know it's probably more politics than anything because nobody wants their top guys to lose. So you throw Adam Cole in the mix to take a pin. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the match, I'm sure, will be good. But, uh yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, Okada is on AEW TV, on American TV. That, that's pretty cool. That's, I mean, Agreed. regardless of the, the execution, that's pretty cool. Agree that Okada being on AEW television is cool. This four-way, and I know that everybody likes to joke about how much I like three-ways, and it's not even really a joke in a lot of cases. Like, I, <laughs> I do like triple threat matches. This four-way seems a little bit beneath Okada for my money. And maybe that's just because I, the only the only time, I mean, I've seen Okada fight, I don't know, what, 25, 30 matches? Like, I've watched tons of G1s. I've seen all four of the Kenny Omega matches. I just hold him in such high esteem at being able to tell a story from minute one to minute 30 or minute 32, or minute 35, or sometimes minute 60, like he's done with Kenny Omega one time, that's where he excels. And like I said at the beginning of this conversation, him coming out to clear a couple guys from the ring and miss a rainmaker just seems a little beneath him. And I hate that I feel that way, and... I love him to death, and I hope that the American audience that doesn't listen to us and that just doesn't know anything about Okada and that buys the pay-per-view just because they're so AEW or because they've never watched New Japan but they hear it's good, I hope that this match is really good. I'm sure it will be. It has four spectacular workers, just four unbelievable guys. And so I hope that lives up to it. I also hope that it's not on hour seven of the pay-per-view, which is why I'm having a little bit of trepidation of watching it that night because 
motherfucker, I got to work at 7 a.m. Uh, Zach, or, sorry, Jason. Um, I'll, I'll say a couple things. Uh, the Okada reaction was something I, I would I hoped I would hear, and I heard it. Um, I guess I, it's one of those things where, as a New Japan guy, I want New Japan to do well, and the fact that you have some people on Twitter or on Facebook, whatever, social media in general, is like, you know, nobody knows who Okada is. Nobody knows who Okada is. Nobody cares about Okada. I mean, if this, if Minneapolis was any sort of indication of, you know, the reaction that Okada could possibly get, Chicago's going to erupt on Sunday, okay? I just have a hard time understanding why people want to run down Okada or Tanahashi, whomever that, you know, you might not see on a regular basis because you don't watch New Japan or you don't like New Japan, whatever the case may be. I'm sorry, guys. Here's the problem with this. Tanahashi and Okada have been on American TV. It was just in TNA back in 2010, and that was in the time where Vince Russo was running TNA. He didn't see anything in Okada. Woof. He didn't see anything in, in Tanahashi. Double woof. The fact that they were on the roster at the same time, neither one of them got pushed, and that's the reason why TNA slash Impact doesn't have a really good relationship with New Japan. I think that's all... I think that's the basis behind it. If in an alternate universe, if you could have had Vince Russo keep Tanahashi, keep Okada, and have and built them up, I think this is a totally different story entirely. Dare I say, Okada might have went to WWE. But thank God Vince Russo fucked it up, so it's another story for another time. I agree with a lot of what uh, Two Beer and Bill said already. The build for this card hasn't been great, but I think part of the problem is is that Tony Khan hasn't done his due diligence in the fact that he watches a lot of wrestling like I watch a lot of wrestling. He probably watches more so because he's a billionaire and he's got, you know, time to do that shit while Jason has to grind from, you know, 10 to 10. There's... He knows who Okada is. He knows who Tanahashi is. He knows who Ishii is. Jay White, blah, 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 blah. Believe it or not, there are people out in the world that are wrestling fans that have never seen a New Japan match. And those are the people that you need to target for this scenario. I agree with Bill. A lot of this could have been taken care of with video packages. Jay White's on there... A part, I guess the problem why you didn't do that is because you didn't have that main event set. If you would have had Okada and Jay White set two weeks ago, you could have built Okada up and then have him come out. If you if you could have done Adam Page versus Jay White, Jay White's been on uh, American television enough to where he everybody knows who he is. Moxley versus Tanahashi, great example, okay? If you didn't know who Okada is, you damn sure don't know who Tanahashi is. You need to have, especially in this scenario, a package here or there, having him jump off this, have him jump off that, you know, show, you know, how tell how he brought New Japan back from the doldrums. Get the 
emotional connection in so that way walking into the door whether you're physically in the arena or you're shelving out the 50 bucks you have some sort of connection with guys you don't know what was next zach uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with Jade Cargill and company. Uh, another injury, Red Velvet is hurt. Uh, not that that's like a huge deal, but uh, basically, um, I mean, I want her to get better, but I'm not breaking any hearts here. With Dude, door. stop, stop, uh, stop. Stop. Just stop talking. <laughs> he, start, he started the sentence, and he was like, ah, do I I should probably just stop the sentence. Ah, well, you yeah, know, I hope stop. she's getting better, but, ah, you know, <laughs> No, whatever. don't really care for big doors to deal with. <laughs> I don't care if she lives or dies. I mean, I. <laughs> R.I.P. Red um, Velvet. So, Cleathway is not uh, wasting time looking for a new baddie, so hashtag baddie search if you're out there. You know, did you guys submit to the baddie search? I did, yes. I submitted, uh, <laughs> but Stokely... I always want to call him Stokely Carmichael. Stokely Hathaway uh, asked him asked everybody to keep it PG, but I sent him my dick. Dude, you fucking ah. stole my thunder. God damn it. Fine, fine. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, motherfucker. Go ahead. <laughs> God, I, I hate when you steal my jokes. You're killing me. Um... So then we had Chris Atwater and Athena, um, uh, you know, talking about the aforementioned baddies. Um, this whatever. No uh, need to spend time on it. Uh, we had Marina Shafir, Tony Storm. Uh, again, kind of whatever. This is mostly to set up the match with. Uh, um, God, your world champion. <laughs> your yeah, world champion. Yeah, that shows how impactful she is. I can't remember her fucking name. But. Um, Anyway, I'm getting real salty here. I need to I need to increase my blood sugar or something. But uh, Tony Storm wins, obviously. Uh, now the Rose attacks, and um, Thunder Rosa makes the save, and you know they do the, the standoff with the belt. So just a little setup for the, the title match. This is totally fine. Uh, totally fine booking. You know, heat up your your challenger. Uh, it's good uh, face off. This is like classic like pro wrestling booking. It's totally fine. Just real real quick sidebar for thirty seconds. I think this is the, and I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this. I think this is the best bill for any of the Thunder Rosa matches so far. Totally. And that's a, and that's a damn shame. Since she's been champ, yes. 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 Second yeah. thing. And I think uh, part of it is Tony Storm is starting to get more comfortable in her own skin again. I mean, and she's they, starting to feel like the star that she is. They tried with the. Yeah, I mean, but it, it wasn't for lack of effort. No, the, it just it just didn't just didn't, didn't click. Yeah, um, Tony Storm's a star, man. Speaking of Shafir and Tony or uh, Thunder Rosa, they obviously had a match a couple weeks back, which was not necessarily well received. Um, I guess here's my question: Do you think that? Thunder Rosa was sandbagging Marina Shafir. That's the the rumor, the scuttlebutt that was out coming after their match. Part of the reason why it didn't look so good because Thunder Rosa didn't necessarily want to make it look so good. I didn't think Marina Shafir looked that good during the Tony Storm match, though. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think I saw those clips, and it, honestly, it it kind of looked it looked like she was. I mean. Uh, with JCB, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and this ain't the first time that we've heard, like, whether or not Thunder Rosa actually wants to work with somebody, whether or not she's very cooperative, so, um, 
you know, I've heard it before. I, I agree with I you, know. though. I'm, I know not, who, I'm not a professional. You know who Marina Shafir reminds me of? She reminds me of when Tito Ortiz showed up in TNA. It's like, okay, so here's a badass that we've kind of done some wrestling work with, and now we're going to throw her into something. And then you throw her into something, it's like, well, she... Yeah, I mean, she's she's better than your average Joe that you pull off the street. But, but she's not a wrestler. She's not a pro wrestler. She's, she's a not fighter. A pro wrestler. Yeah, she's a fighter. You're right, and I think part of that is she doesn't know. She doesn't want to give herself a way to being thrown around or selling. Right. And stuff say like say that. what you will, or I'll say what I will. You always do about Ronda Rousey, but uh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but I mean, no, Ronda Rousey. About last week, Ro- you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Wilkers kicked me out of study hall and she told my boyfriend to go see the principal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, give a damn about her education. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Her and Marina Shafir both like kind of always look like they're going to cry. Even though they're just like mean mugging, they look like they could just burst into tears at any time. They <laughs> <laughs> put the sharpshooter on me. I'm going to go down and kick your ass. Yeah, he put a sharpshooter <laughs> in me. Meet me at 3 o'clock in the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> that was the greatest fucking thing ever. Go ahead, Jimmy. Finish this shit up. I forgot about that, too. I love when you guys remind me of my good jokes. I was just wake up the next day and I'm like, did I say anything too fucked up on the podcast <laughs> last night? I don't know. I got real high and fell asleep <laughs> to the say, NBA. But I say, the one, ta- one time you did, we edited that song. Bit, <laughs> yeah, we out. did. Good we job, did. Too, <laughs> <laughs> What's the main event? Um, uh, real quick, we had Darby Allen. Mm, and yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Doing the promo. So we have Shingo and Hiromu, which I got to say, I love this team. Darby, Sting, Shingo, Hiromu. Doesn't make any sense. I also don't give a shit. It makes even less sense that the name of that, that super group is Dudes, Dudes with, with Attitudes. attitudes. Dude, that's a, I that, love it. I'm like, dude, come on. Sting just Sting came up with this, okay? Or you drug it up from 1990, fill in the blank. I don't know which one it yeah. is. But come on, man. It has to be. I'll I say would that. doubt it if Sting was in a group called dudes, dudes with attitudes, attitudes. i was getting ready to say it, it sounds i almost want to put money on this and say that was their war games team name in the 90s at some point don't quote me on that but i would i would put five bucks on the fact that i think that name has already been used in wcw that being said <laughs> shingo coming over is great Romu's coming over is great this is just going to be a nice little shit show in the middle of the card. Can I? T- it's going to be all hell. Can I tell you what this reminds me of? Go ahead. Dudes with attitudes. Because I, I can't tell if they're trying to troll me specifically or not. Like, are they trying to be like, let's make all these people mad with the nerdiest name that we can come up with? Dudes with attitudes. <laughs> but I remember one time we were on vacation at my sister's house. And me and my brother were watching Family Feud. Me and Jacob. It was probably like one thirty in the morning. And... The question was, there was three answers on the board. Everybody's familiar with Family Feud, Top right? three answers. And they were like, uh, name a word that describes Howard Stern that rhymes with dude. Crude. And, right. I think, it was, I think it was supposed to be crude, rude, and lewd. 
Okay. Right? Yeah. So there's three answers up there, right? And, like, these people are fucking stumped, right? <laughs> so, they get, so nobody hits the buzzer? <laughs> nobody hits the buzzer. Ooh. And then they go to one They go to one side, and then finally the guy's like, crude or rude. And they were like, okay, let's go to the next person. It's just buzzer, buzzer. And then they get to the last guy, and it's the dad. And the guy goes... He's got a bad attitude. And me and my brother, like, lit up. Like, we thought that was the funniest fucking thing. It was before we could drink or smoke weed. Like, we were, like, we were like 14 and 11 or something. Oh, and we shit. thought that was the fucking funniest thing we'd ever seen in our lives. Like, what a terrible answer. He's got a bad attitude. <laughs> like it was like Louis Anderson was like, oh, show me dude with bad attitude. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, right. Come on, dog. You said anyway, one word. You that, go over here giving the phrase and shit. That is going to be the entirety of my commentary on this match. I think uh, I think dudes with attitudes is actually the original name for uh, NWA. <laughs> you mean the rap group, right? That's like you know what, yeah. dudes with yeah. attitudes just isn't clicking. <laughs> It's just not. It's missing something. Yeah, what could it be? What could it be? <laughs> We're think, all black. I think dude sounds a little too nice. <laughs> Joe Harrell was like, coming in. It's like, like, you know what, guys? I think stop, dudes with attitudes are just too early. Too nice. We're too early on the podcast to make me laugh this hard. <laughs> there's, a, there's one like white record executive where he's like, I think dude is appropriating my culture. And they're like, fine, we'll just go with it. <laughs> I'll say it. Niggas with attitudes, goddammit. That's what we going to do. Thank God we have Jason on the podcast, man. Because we'd just be talking about this, and we'd have to be like, you guys know what we're talking about, right? Right. Right. Luckily, you know what that in is. Luckily, right? we have Jason say everything. Okay. Well, dudes uh, with attitudes. What the fuck? I mean, come on. All right. What's uh, next? Main event, Jericho and Lance Archer versus Tanahashi and John Moxley, which Tanahashi and Moxley is a... Uh, great tag team i mean super fun uh but uh you know match is fine uh you know we get some interference uh the best part is we get tanahashi uh winning with a high fly flow love that absolutely love that what you supposed and to then do we have like an absolute uh bill's favorite way to end a dynamite with it, was the schmoz, schmoz. it was the schmoz of all schmozes yeah, the schmaz and all schmazes while while Tanahashi and Moxley have to do a stare down in the ring. Nothing's happening. Like, Don't worry about it. We just gonna stare each other down. What for like five full minutes? Tell me when. Tell me when I can talk, Zach. Just tell me. I'm just saying they're brawling and brawling and they're staring and staring, and we couldn't give Zach Saber Jr. a microphone because we didn't have enough time. So go ahead. Dude, yeah, you said it right there. Go ahead. I mean, what a perfect microcosm of all of AEW's problems. It's like they have all these dudes fighting on the outside. Nobody, it, like the truth is, is that nobody's going to remember anything that happened in this segment because there was too much happening. It's like you have all these guys fighting, and then you have the camera just cuts to Moxley and Tanahashi just staring at each other. Why, why, why wouldn't they just shake their hand, shake hands with each other? It's so stupid. It just belies all understanding of human interaction. It's just so stupid. And then you have the announcers 
trying to make sense of it all. And maybe that's what offends me the most, or not offends me, but bothers me the most, is that the announcers, Excalibur is as pro of a pro as you can get. You have three just absolute pros doing the commentary, and they cannot catch up. They do not know what to do. They have no direction from up top. And maybe this is like when people are like, uh, don't kill Saddam Hussein because it, at least everybody's knows what they're doing. Right. Now, that's not me being pro Saddam Hussein. I did just smoke a bat. <laughs> but that's not me being pro Saddam Hussein. I'm just saying it was chaotic. Very. Almost as chaotic as Kurdistan in 2000, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> I say, you, just couldn't, you just couldn't walk away from it, huh? You just had to double down on this joke. I totally agree. I totally agree. I was going to say, with with all the fighting outside the ring, and you got Mox and Tanahashi staring each other down, I'm like, okay, so nobody, Wheeler Yuta is out there fighting Suzuki. I'm like, come on, man. You can't have Wheeler Yuta out there fighting Suzuki. You know how this is going to happen. John Moxley, you need to get your narrow ass out here and help your boy, okay? Because he's getting ready to get this work, which he ended up ultimately doing in, like, the 15 million shots we saw. It has to be, for my opinion, it has to be one or the other. If you want to have a schmoz, have it as a separate segment. You know, bring, you know, Jericho out. You know, have him do that. Okay, you got Shoman Uno there. You got Will Uter there. Okay, you got the six-man guys there. You got Santana Ortiz. If this is going to be the main event of the Forbidden Door, Moxley versus Tanahashi, which I'm guessing is going to be because it's an AEW show and AEW would have the final say, wouldn't you want to have more eyes on those two or focus on Tanahashi more versus a mid-card, it's not even a mid-card feud. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of the a show, which is an interpromotional show. It's basically a one-off, okay? A lot of these other things that are happening right now, like Great O'Con, um, Jeff Cobb versus FTR and Rapongi Vice, that's a one-off, okay? Whoever wins... And I won't say that because we're going to do predictions here in a little bit. Whoever wins is probably not coming back for a year. Okay? So at that point, you probably have to start thinking about the bigger picture and focus on what Moxley and Tanehashi is, are, whatever. Sorry, it probably is. Zach, is it is or are in that scenario? Um, me. They're interchangeable. Okay, perfect. That's why I like to hear you make me feel better about myself. So in this scenario, like I said, I just think that it should have just did more with Moxley and Tanahashi build on that as your true main event versus the normal TK fucking motive. God bless him for it. Like I said, it's the it's the we didn't start the fire fucking, you know, booking of shit. That match wasn't over five good seconds. And then all of a sudden everybody's coming out. I'm like, damn, dog, shit. You couldn't have done this at a different point somewhere? I just, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be a good show. The build has been suspect at best. Okay. For the, and I think the biggest reason, that, and this is just my opinion on it, is it's how Tony Khan books. He's trying to get everybody on a show 
and not focusing on matches that are probably the most important. Getting Tanahashi, you know, acclimated to the American audience that doesn't know him. The same way with Okada. Same way with Zack Sabre Jr. A lot of guys that are on this New Japan roster, American American fans might not know. That's your job as Tony Khan as the promoter. So like Tubier said at the start, if you're you want to cough up 50 bucks, but you don't know who half these guys are, you might not cough up those 50 bucks. Okay, let me ask you something. So I just went and checked with the baby again. Has Zach talked since I left? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, this wasn't the first segment, man. Anything else to say about AEW Dynamite? We'll get to the predictions later. Um... I'll say this as uh, as not the the biggest AEW guy between the three of us. I'll let you two figure out who's the bigger AEW mark. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad. Both. Okay, both. we're, we're glad, equal. I'm kind of glad. You are too. No, New Japan's number one. AEW's two. I mean, yeah, but like you're still a mark. Yeah, but I. Okay, all right. Don't, I, I think mind. about it in different ways. Never mind. Go ahead. I'll say this. I'll be kind of glad when this build is over. We've had the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, and we can start to kind of move on. I think this is probably a little too much for Tony to be doing in this scenario. He's got a lot of things to juggle. We haven't even really talked about ROH at all. I think that's something that needs to be figured out. It's a lot for him to do, and he's trying to do it in a way that he feels comfortable with, but it's not doing justice for the entire car from top to bottom. Okay. Uh, Zach, any other thoughts? Nope. Yeah. Ready to wrap it up. But yeah, oh. I agree. I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be over, even though I'm very looking forward to it. I'm ready for it to be over. And we still got predictions later, but in the meantime, let's get to that three count. One, two, now, if you're an American wrestling watcher and you don't really delve into the promotions that might happen outside of the U.S., for example, uh, you know, NJPW or <laughs> what's the uh, what's the British one that all the guys Rev Pro, Rev Pro you know, you might you might have been tuning out. Over the last segment, because we were talking about New Japan, but no, it was it was AEW. Just you know, some New Japan sprinkled on top. Sure. So here's something just for you guys. The G1 block got announced, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna discuss it. <laughs> you really gonna be mad here in a minute? No, you know what? I really wanted to talk about with NXT, but I'm the only motherfucker in the country that still watches NXT. No, there's people that watch. I it. just want to say if NXT was some indie promotion with the exact same talent and the exact same booking, all you fucking smarks out there would be watching NXT because you'd be like, oh, this Tony D'Angelo guy is good. Oh, this Carmelo Hayes guy is fucking really good. Oh, I love Grayson Waller. Oh, Sola Sokoa is good. Oh, you know what else? I like Braun Breaker. Oh, man, Cameron Grimes is good. But because it's NXT and it's not the NXT that everybody's used to, the golden black, everybody just... Let this shit go and didn't watch it anymore. Jason, go ahead. You're raising your hand. Okay, so I did watch it, and it's 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 developmental with main roster booking. At a certain point, 
Why do I have to watch more main roster shit on I developmental mean, do you watch wrestling? level? I mean, uh, yes, there's a part of you that watches wrestling for the booking, but there's also part of you that watches wrestling for the talent, right? Yeah. Like, there is, there's tons there's of guys talent, that get booked talent, terrible. There is talent on the NXT roster. I'm sorry. I can't get behind Tony <laughs> D'Angelo because it feels like, okay, why the, he turned with Tony He's with Tony D'Angelo now? No, Make, no, no. That he, makes sense. No, they just turned on, he turned on him again. He double-crossed him the other night. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. There you go. Uh, any any thoughts, Zach, before we get to the G1? <laughs> Bam. That is funny um, that if it was live and it was just an indie show, I would go to it and I would be entertained because it's on TV. Um, I'm telling I have you, higher expectations, and I hate it. Braun Breaker is like he's unnatural, like a a fucking supernatural in the ring too. Like he's not very refined, but he's not terrible no. at all. And neither he, is Tony D'Angelo. Carmelo Hayes, I think, is the standout guy. Of this Carmelo role, Hayes, man, fucking Grayson rules. Waller, I think, is going to be an amazing Love heel Grayson. at some point. Sola Sokoa, don't be surprised if. I'm calling it right now. Write it down because I thought about this the other night. I wasn't Uh-oh. even stoned. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, right? Right. Usos are going to come out there. Yeah, they're going to they're going to have two Usos. They're going to have Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar is going to be losing. Solo Sokoa is going to come out, and they're going to be like, "That's the third Uso," and it's going to be Solo Sokoa is the third Uso, and that's how, they're just going to expand the bloodline. That's my thoughts. Anyway, let's get to. Or we're already on that three count. So let's talk about the uh, G1 blocks. So I'm going to name. They're doing a little different this year. I got it written down. I got it right here, too. I don't know. I'm sure Zach knew this, but it's four blocks of seven people instead of two blocks of ten people. Yep. All right. He's into it. That was a very excited answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I just thought you said if I knew it or not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fucking. I know it. So the A block is Lance Archer, Jonah, formerly known as Bronson Reed, uh, Torianu, Okada, Tom Lawler, Jeff Cobb, and Bad Luck Fale. Now they're also doing it a little bit different this year in terms of scheduling, in that one match from each block is going to happen each night. Then you have like you know a semifinal. So it's not the blocks following follow, each yeah. other around. You you'll have A, B, C, and D, and then you'll have a semifinal and a final, right? A main event or whatever the case may be for each night, and then from that point, right. the semifinal and the the main event will be different blocks. So Jason, you called when we said last week, who do you think is going to win this year's G one? You said Jeff Cobb. Okada is in the same block as Jeff Cobb. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not asking you. Zach, who do you think is going to win this block? Oh, this block? Um, it's basically between Jeff block. Cobb, Okada. I guess it's, you could say Tom Lawler because I know you're a Mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like him, but he's not going to win the block. No. Uh, I think, um, really, I think, I think it's a situation where, like, Okada loses once and then does, like, a draw, and Cobb only loses once. Something like that. Well, like, yeah. Let this motherfucker book the block. Okay, uh, Jason, who do you have winning this? I've called this the the block of death in this scenario where if you're Okada, you're looking around, you got Jonah, you have Jeff Cobb, you got Lance Archer. Um, Gano. 
Yano could steal a dub from him. Yeah, but there's only point. two guys that can win this block. It's either, it's either Okada or Jeff Cobb. Right. Um, so who are you taking? I'm gonna still stick to my guns. I'm gonna take Jeff Cobb because obviously Okada is going to be at the forbidden door. I'm, I'm gonna take Jeff Cobb. I just can't. I can't. I'm gonna take Okada because of Okada's razor, which is take the simplest answer. Get it? Like. Zach got it. Zach got it. Okay. So the B block, we have Taichi Tamataga, who I we haven't got to talk to Zach about, but he's been looking pretty good yep. uh, solo. Tamahiro Ishii, Jay White, Sonata, Great O'Conn, and Chase Owens. I'll go first. Looking at this, I think that there are legit four guys that could come out of this. I think that they're not equally possible to come out of this like i think jay white comes out of this but i could see tai chi making Ooh. it to a semi-final i could see jay white making it to a semi-final of course i can i can always see sonata making it to a semi-final he's kind of like new japan's Kane, like he keeps winning and winning and winning even though he's super boring and i can see them uh putting great okan in the final four what do you think uh jason wow um I'll just make this simple. This is Jay White's block to lose. Um, I like Tai Chi. I just think that's it's probably just too well, much. Yeah, I'd put him at like fifty percent to win. I think it's more than that. Okay, all I, right. I really think it's his block to lose. Okay, especially now being the champion as it stands right now. So I'm looking at him being the champion. Let's make a bet where you bet me, and I'll take the field. I'll get. I'll take Jay White, and you can have the feel for this B block if you want to go that route. Yeah, ten bucks. Ten bucks. All right. Okay. All. So obviously, I got Jay White in the B block. You better win, motherfucker. Um, I'm gonna. Great Okan might be a nice little uh, curveball. Um, Ishii, obviously, we talked about him. You know, I think this is part of the reason why he's not going to Chicago to have him ready for the G1. I could see Tamatonga. Kind of now, beating him to as like Bullet Club retribution. Okay, but if that's if you have Tomatonga beating Jay White, then Jay White is probably going to have to defend the title against Tomatonga. Not saying it's a bad thing. It's just this is how New Japan books. Jason, he or sorry, Zach, who you got? Yeah, I agree with Jason. It's definitely Jay White to lose. Um, But I do like that idea of Tomatonga beating him for his like one loss. Um, that's a good idea. All the guys that Jay White has kind of done dirty have been in the are in his block. Now, you know what fucked me up the other night when these blocks got announced is that Jason, you said that the A block was the it's the block of death. Okay, and I can't believe that you would say that about the A block when there's only two guys that could win: Okada and Cobb. Well, I guess the, the block C of death block, for Okada, better choice of words. The C, listen to the C block, okay? I, I got it written down, dude. Evil could always win. Probably not going to, but not could always to, win. But he's going Aaron Hanari is not going to win, but I root for him. I think he's cool. Naito could always win. Tanahashi could always win. Hiroki Goto can't win, but he's, he's there. Have some good matches. Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta. Now, that's the block of death. I guess I should have said the block of death for Okada is the A block. Now, the, the C block, obviously, much bigger names with Tanahashi, Naito, Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta. Um, 
I was going to say Kenta. Okay, that's the fourth guy in the mix. Um, as much as I want to pick Naito, because that's my dog. Um, Who gets the win, Hanare or Goto? Over each other. If if it was me, I would go with Hanare. It would be. It feels like, especially watching the the undercard matches that they're building Hanare up. He's got a new finisher, submission finisher. Nelson type shit. Cool thing about this is that Hanari's going to get a strange win in here somewhere. somewhere. He's going to be somebody he's probably not. Godot's probably that guy. Yeah. If I, you're making me pick who's going to win the C block, I'm going to pick Tanahashi. I'll take Zack Sabre Jr. Who you got, Zach Pullman Sr.? Yeah, C is really awesome because there's legit four, maybe five guys that could win. But, like, legit four for sure. Um... Plus some match-of-the-year candidates, too, man. Mm. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, I'm going to pick Zach Sabre Jr. also. Oh! Tanahashi Naito is one of, is the example that I was trying to talk about earlier. They haven't wrestled in a while, and then when they wrestle in the C block, it's going to feel special because we haven't seen it. Awesome. But last time we saw Kenta, Zach Sabre Jr., like they were mad at each other. The like last the, time we the, saw Kenta and Tanahashi, Kenta was walking, not even walking out, they were carrying him out with a fucking broken hip. Kenta makes everybody mad. Dude, it's game on. Yes. <laughs> C-Block is going to be crazy. Excited about that. And the D-Block is El Fantasmo, David Finlay, Yoshihashi, Will Ospreay, Shingo, Juice Robinson, and Yujiro. So, there's really only two guys that can win this. Agreed. Osprey and Shingo, right? Agreed. Okay. So, who you got? Uh, I took Tanahashi in the C, so obviously I'm going to take Will Osprey in the D. Um, Will Ospreay, uh, Juice Robinson are going to have to have a little talk about the U.S. title that Juice Robinson is <laughs> holding captive. Uh I'm looking forward to ELP in this uh, New Japan G1. Obviously, he's coming up, him and David Finley, for that matter, kind of coming up from being junior heavies to the heavyweight division. That should be interesting. Um, from there, it's like you said, it's really two guys. It's Will Ospreay versus Shingo. You can flip a coin. I wouldn't be mad, or, mad either way, but in this nope. scenario, I'm going to take Osprey because I took Tanahashi in the C-block. I'm taking Osprey also just because I feel like it's his time. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I am very, very, very excited for another Osprey Shingo match. I mean, I think that was like match of the year, two, maybe three years in a row. They're always awesome. Um, I think it was last year. Years in a row. Yeah, uh, it was last year. year when Shingo was champ. And Osprey, he beat him in for championship. Yeah, Jesus and there was the finals of the BOSJ. That's what I'm thinking that. of. Yeah, but uh, they also had another match in there too, and it was phenomenal. So that's going to be like maybe match of the tournament. I'm going to call that my match of the tournament uh, early pick. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Osprey just because you know Shingo um, is great. I love Shingo so much, but um, you know he's already been on top. For a while, and Osprey's on his way to that. You know, Osprey's on his way to being that Jay White. Um, you know, Osprey, every, we all know him as one of the best, greatest wrestlers in the world, but uh, he's going to make his mark 
as champion in you know the next couple of years going to happen. So, so uh, in our text message thread, when the G1s got announced, I said no real surprises, and Jason said no real surprises. Five question marks in a row. What were you saying? Like who? Who is the big surprise here? Who Who are you surprised to see? Jonah? No, Tom Waller. I think is a huge surprise. I mean, okay, though- but when I said surprise, I thought that we were talking about Cesaro, Dana Bryan. Uh, you know, okay, but I'm, I was somebody, somebody David from Finley. the American side. No, ALP. not da- not David okay, Finley. This no, is what I'm I was not saying. just talking about Gaijin. I'm talking about fucking. AEW guys, but Lance basically Archer. what I'm real talking deal, about. Real deal work rate guys. <sighs> Lance Archer. Dream, but dream Lance Archer guy. has or, already been there. Listen, yeah, Moxley, Moxley was there a couple won. years ago, and that fucking ruled, and I would have been so psyched if Moxley would have gone in here again. I understand it's a long-ass time to be in Japan. I was just expecting one one AEW guy that we could be, like Miro or fucking somebody like that like go into new japan and let's see what you can do for 10 matches like what utah did in uh bosj okay well i think kind of the problem with this is that the forbidden door is the pay-per-view is kind of not allowing you to build towards a g1 no why not well, I mean, Zach said something earlier where the Mexican guys aren't allowed to fight in it, but no, it's it's certain Mexicans. It's where the, the fuck is Buddy Matthews? Like that's, I mean, that's basically the guy. I, I actually heard about. he's injured too. Huh? I, said, I think I, I think I heard that he is injured too. And I'm not even joking. All right. Well, Buddy Matthews, Cesaro, somebody like that. That's pack. Pack, pack is there? Oh, oh no, no, okay. No. In, the G1. The G1. in the G one. In the G one. Really, like anybody, just to spice okay, it up. They, had 20, act, they you added act, eight more guys, and all they did was add. No offense, they kept in. <laughs> they kept Here in. We go. They kept in Yujiro. They kept in Yoshihashi. They added Tom Lawler. They added David Finley. All guys that can go. Of course, I love them all. But they added eight guys, and they didn't. They there was there was no real splash made. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you guys yeah. act like this is 2016. The world ain't like that anywhere to where now you you can have anybody and everybody come over, go back and no, forth. No, it's even more open than it was. No, it's not. Yeah, because AEW exists. And, they and, have we're, a talking, working, and we were just and they talking have a work, about Japan and they have closing a working their relationship because of with COVID. New Japan. And they have a working relationship with New Japan. So if Akala comes over here, you're telling me fucking... Clearly, you just don't remember last week. So let's clear you. Let's quite a you know. Not the last hour. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't remember. So last. we were talking about the fact of you guys keep telling me jokes a, that killed. So now you're going to okay, tell me. Okay. So, so sorry. So sorry. No, we're just gonna, we're just going to have to talk real for thirty seconds. Right. We were talking about the fact of whether Okada would be able to come over here or not because obviously he has a kid on the way and. Japan might be closing its borders because of this latest COVID outbreak. Okay. Okay. So if you're, I don't know, Daniel Daniel Bryanson, we all want him to go to the G1. All of us want him to go to the G1. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to say there is a possibility 
if you go over, you might not be able to come back or kind of in the same way. That's a moment for cause to cause. No, you can always go back to the U.S. It's Japan that doesn't yeah, let they, people in. U.S. lets everybody yeah. in. They don't give a fuck. They will gladly shit. let you leave. Yeah. Yes, that's that's not the point. Do you want me to erase that part? No, not at all. Do you want all. me to cut it out? No, I'm de- <laughs> that's Bill saying you are so wrong. Giving you the opportunity. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, look, no, I don't, I'm not going to strike it from the record because I think that's something to be accounted for. Listen, here is a list of politicians that I want killed right now, just assassinated, <laughs> and then we'll, <laughs> we'll just cut the whole thing. No, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> All right, so who do we think is going to win the whole thing? My early money's on Osprey. I agree. All right, I'll take Zack Sabre Jr. That's going to do it. Oh, wait. You have a couple matches that you watch from New Japan before we get into the predictions. And listen, everybody's just been waiting for some WWE stuff. Uh, we did that. We have birthdays coming up. Good. Only um, five of them. <laughs> one of, one of them is Mark Jindrak. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Never mind. Um, two, two matches I want to talk about from New Japan really quick. Um, first match being the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships did change hands. You had um, Francisco Akira and TJP defeating Taguchi and Master Wado. I wasn't a big fan of Taguchi and Master Wado being champions. It was I was kind of hoping that this was going to be the result of this match. It feels like TJP is going to stay for a little bit. It feels like uh, uh, Francisco Akira is going to stay for a little bit. I think both are going to be at least – bigger uh, additions to the junior heavyweight division, but the biggest addition came the following night when you had Hiromu versus Taiji Ishimori for the junior heavyweight singles championship. Obviously, Hiromu winning the BSOJ for the third time in a row, fourth time overall. History maker versus Taiji Ishimori, the current champion. Ishimori goes over clean, which was a kind of a surprise, but it was a really good match. Ishimori works the shoulder like it's nobody's business. God damn, I wish. That's one guy that I wish would come over to the Fitbitten door and it's not coming over, but neither here nor there. Post-match, however, as Ishimori is taking his victory lap, Kushida comes out to return to New Japan says he's he's back to stay. He's ready to come back and wrestle for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So it looks like somewhere down the line, we're going to get the returning Kushida challenging for the title against Taiji Ichimori, which should be a really fucking good match. I'll say this. I didn't have a problem with Kushida coming over. I get it. You, you got to try to you know, break this glass ceiling in certain aspects in life. And WWE is probably a little bit of more of a, a cement ceiling, neither here nor there. He went over, he tried it, he's now back. And I think now that he's back, that the junior heavyweight division singles-wise is just gotten a little more deeper. I said it was three-headed monster last week. It's now a fourth head with Kushida coming back and being a part of things. Two beer, go ahead. Oh yeah, totally. This is um, this is good for the junior heavyweight division. You know, you get that fourth person in the mix. You have those top four guys. Um, yeah, and 
Ishimori going over also kind of makes sense, especially if you want to save Hiromu Kushida for the Dome, because that sounds like a Dome match to me. Yeah, it does to me, too. I am... I just hope that this Forbidden Door thing takes off in the U.S. because I want people to watch New Japan. It's a different rhythm. I feel like I'm always on their commercial, but it's it's a different <laughs> rhythm and it 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 is uh, it it rules. So honestly, it if the New Japan if if this goes the way I think it should, either you're gonna like it or you don't. If AEW and New Japan feel like they're very similar in wrestling style, so I think New Japan, or I'm sorry, AEW watchers that never seen New Japan, I think are going to like it because they're pretty similar in style. How they tell stories are different, but I think ultimately, like uh, that six-man tag on Dynamite with uh, Orange Cassidy and Rapongi Vice versus the United Empire, I think that's kind of what you're going to see on Sunday night is my guess. All right. That'll do for our three count. One, two, three. All right, everybody, we got some predictions to make. Now, unlike usual, I have made all my predictions beforehand. I will not be making them up on the spot. I thought about them while I was sober. (laughs) Look at you. Dealing with my child, who Sick. is not doing well. I mean, you heard what Zach said earlier. Like, Zach should be ashamed of yourself. Shame. No, shame, I mean he's shame, just he's shame. just he's just being real. So, uh, what dead, we're gonna, dead dead kids are good. That's that's what's being real. I don't think that's what he was saying. He wasn't saying they're mm-hmm. good. Okay, so let's talk about. He said that they weren't resilient. They were. <laughs> Zach, have you watched The Northman yet? Uh, no, I saw it on streaming, though, so I'm going to cut this. If you have Peacock, I recommend ripping a bowl and giving yourself two hours to watch that movie because that movie, you're just going to sit there and just mutter dudes rock until you until they put you in a fucking straitjacket. It has some of the best fight scenes, it, or killing scenes, I should say. Uh, okay, so here we go. So the buy-in is Max Caster and the Gun Club versus the NJPW Dojo, Kevin Knight and the DKC and Alex Coughlin and Yuya Yuramura. What do you say, Zach? Let's not spend too much time on this shit either. No, Gun Gun Club. All right, Zach's taking the Gun Club. Who you got, Jason? Well, since we can't break this down like I want to. I mean, you can break it down. You can, <laughs> no, you can break it down. There's nothing to break down. Just be mindful of the time. There's nothing to break down. It's gun clubs you win. Okay, I took the dojo. Because if you're selling a pay-per-view, like, why would you have the most hateable fucking pieces of shit? Fucking blonde ass. Have you, clearly you don't watch New Japan Strong, but go ahead. All right, coming up <laughs> next, we have... Uh, the Eddie Kingston team, which is Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Utah versus Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is this is a pre-show match. No, no, we're okay. into we're into the show now. Okay, there was only one pre-show match. Okay. Sorry, I'm like, what the fuck? You got, hey, you got that last fire? Yeah. So who you got? Um, 
<sighs> I guess. God damn. It's it's Jericho. It's it's all Jericho. I'm, I can't wait to sing Minoru Suzuki's theme song again. But, yeah, I'll take uh, the heels on this one. You guys uh, drinking fireballs? You guys got brain scans later? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, split that motherfucker with me. Okay. All right. Who you got, Zach? Uh, give me Kingston. I feel like he's taking a lot of L Jericho, and he needs some uh, some recognition here. So Zach is taking the baby faces. Who so you got? No, who you got? Oh, I took Suzuki. Okay, uh, I'm taking Suzuki. Okay. I was about to say, I know you've written them down, but you got at least for the record. No, you're right. Uh, I, I just don't see Kingston as a babyface winning at this event. I, if he's going to get his retribution, he's going to get his retribution at an AEW thing. Like, it could even be a dynamite. Okay. Uh, so we have Sting. and with attitudes. And those dorks. Uh, this is not on the one that I have. So it's Sting, Darby Allen. Shingo and uh, Hiromu uh, Takahashi. Now that is, I mean, that is two of the most exciting New Japan this wrestlers like that they have. <laughs> this sounds like this is going to be Sting and Darby Allen. <laughs> Stop hating, dog. Let them men live. Let them men live. It's like a dad with a dying kid being like, uh, oh, my kid's, uh, he can't talk, but his... His dying wish is to have a pay-per-view with Sting and Darby Allen. Wow. You ain't shit, dude. God damn. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. With the real boot. I fucked up the yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's who what you, you get. Who are you taking? Yeah. Who are you taking? Go ahead, Tubier. Um, I feel like Sting is the fucks in Bullet Club. Uh, I'm trying to think who... I guess maybe they would pin Darby Allen. Uh, maybe Hiromu. I don't know. We'll see. But fuck some Bullet Club. Even though Tony Khan loves things, I just feel right. like... Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. I took the dudes with attitudes. I was going to say, I, I'm kind of <laughs> lean that way a little bit. Um, Hikaleu is on that team. He could easily take a loss. Yeah, dude. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna take Sting and uh, Darby Allen. And, uh, no, call them by what they're called. Dudes with attitudes. I'll no, take... say it. Say I'm it sorry, like I I'm said sorry, it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Say it like I said it, please. Niggas with attitudes whoa, should win this match. Whoa, whoa, All right. Uh, coming up next. Now I need you to say this from least to most. Least to most. We have Rapongi Vice versus Khan on the Cobb versus FDR. Winner takes all. Um, IWGP and the ROH tag team. IWGP tag titles and ROH, ROH tag, tag titles. Yeah, yes. on the line. I don't know. I guess we're going to have a queen winner here because it's winner take all. So we'll go with least likely to win. I'm going to go with Rapongi Vice. Um, I just don't see them having a queer avenue to either promotion whether it's New Japan or AEW. The middle, I'm kind of torn. I really, I really, really, really like the United Empire team, but I'm going to take them as number two, and I'm going to take FTR as the most likely to win. It's 
it's more opportunities. Zach, it's a bigger stage. Uh, I think the same. The exact same. Yep. Rapongi Vice least. Con on the cob second FTR most okay. I got Rapongi Vice as least. I got FTR second. I have Con on the cob uh, coming in first. Okay, so now we have Zach Saber or yeah, sorry, Zach Saber Junior versus Mystery Guest versus Mystery Guest. Okay, so then first let's of all, all who is the mystery guest? And I want to you you hear you say who the mystery guest is, and then I want you to say who wins. Now listen. If you take the mystery guess, it doesn't matter who the mystery guess is. You're just picking Zack Sabre Jr. to lose. <laughs> well, for example, I'll go first. Okay. I don't know who the mystery guest is. Okay. But I am taking Zack Sabre Jr. to lose. No so matter I, who it is. Yep. I put the question mark in there. Okay. I'll go next. I'll answer I'll answer both questions. I, I was having this conversation earlier today, and... I didn't come up with this person when I first saw Dynamite last night, but then somebody uh, threw this out there, and I was like, it makes total fucking sense. I'm going to go Johnny. <laughs> so, dude, that would be fucking amazing. I'm going to go Jonathan Gresham as the question mark. He's under contract with ROH uh, or AEW, whatever you want to call it. He can do the... ZSJ match in the technical style, the blood and guts match. I've seen him do dirt I mean, with Chris is. Brooks Fuck. over I mean, in that, um, that's who it is. over in uh, England when they were in progress. So I'm gonna go Jonathan Gresham as the mystery opponent, and then I'm going to agree with Bill on this one. I'm gonna double down and I'm gonna take Jonathan Gresham to win the match. I mean, it's, you didn't come up with that. I mean, that's really good. No. Like, now I think, okay, it's Jonathan. I said Cesaro first, Gresham right. second, what do you think, Johnny Gargaro third. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think it's Gresham, too. I saw somebody say that on Twitter, and it just makes sense. Like, it makes way more sense it, than... It makes a lot of fucking yes. sense. Yeah. Um, and I will actually pick CSJ to win, though. Woo! Love I, I love that. it. I love it. Love I love it. I love that. it. I love it. Uh, like now, I I had not heard that, and now that you say it, it's like, of course, he's like this compact fucking super wrestler, like amateur wrestler dude that's very technical, uh, very frustrating. Saying- but that being said, I do want to see John Gresham versus. Zach Junior. Junior. Yeah, yes, that would be. I think that sure. would be a good match. Yes. I think Cesaro and Z- Z- ZSJ would be a good match. Either one would be good. Johnny Gargano versus ZSJ would be a good match. Yeah, but of if course. You it's not going to be Johnny Gargano. If you made me choose, I'm going with Jonathan Gresham. If you, you look at see Johnny Gargano's Twitter, negative. He has a he has an autograph signing uh, in Chicago that same like weekend that he said mm-hmm. has been booked for eight months, mm-hmm. and he's like. I'm saying this knowing that no one's going to believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me over here like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> it just so happens eight months ago. We got Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa. Zach, you're first. I'm going with my heart. Give me Tony Storm. Jason, you're next. I'm going with my head. I'm going to take Thunder Rosa. Unbelievable. I'm taking Tony Storm. You're fucking crazy. I think that's... Write down, people. That's the worst pick of the week. 
What the fuck? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you are, God damn. I picked the champion. Up next. And it's like the worst pick of the week. Okay. Up next, we have Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Jason, you go first. Well, shit, since I picked the worst, I had the worst pick, I mean, I'm going to make up I'm, for I'm it. Double, no, I'm doubling down on this one. Hell no, I'm taking Will Ospreay, okay. baby. All right, you motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you got me fucking dying over here. Zach, who you got? Osprey. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want to see what these two guys can do together. I think this would be a good match. Obviously, this is the Andrade spot, and uh, Orange Cassidy's in the spot. Only I would two, love to see Andrade versus Will Ospreay, only, but this is, the next, this is the next best thing. Only three matches left. We'll go for the All-Atlantic match first, which is a four-way. So I need you to tell me, from least to most, we have Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. I think we can all put Clark Connors as least most. <laughs> I, mean, I had Ishii in that, in that spot, too, though. Whatever. But, Zach, I assume you're putting Clark... Connors is the least, right? Yep. Okay, so who's your second to least? Third to least? Uh, second to least is uh, going to be... Or third to least, sorry. Yeah, third to least, I'm going to go Malachi Black. Second to least, Miro. And I'm taking Pat to win it. Jason? Ugh. Um... Clark Connors obviously least likely to win it. Um, man, wow! I'm gonna go Miro as third. I think he should be in the uh, the main event, so I think he's there to be there. I'm gonna go Malachi Black second likely to win it, and I agree with Two Beer on this one. I think Pac is long deserving of a singles title in some form or fashion. I think this is where he gets it, so I'm gonna take Pac to most likely win. I'm not mad at those picks at all. Uh, everybody's got something different. Who uh, you got, motherfucker? I got Ishii as last, so Clark Connors last. It would have been Ishii last anyway, though. Agreed. Uh, I got Malachi Black third. I got Pac second, and I would be shocked if Mira doesn't win this. In fact, I'll call this my lead pipe Lock, Lock of the, the week. week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till this shit goes south. <laughs> I know. It's going to be so bad. Clark Connors is going to win and have a yes! 600 day. Okay. I'm Clark Connors, my uh, boy. Moxley and Tanahashi. I'll let you go first, Jason. I think this is a pretty much uh, a lock, my lock of the week, and it shouldn't even be a lock. It's AW. It's Moxley. It's, it's going to be good to see Tanahashi on American soil, so I can check that off my wrestling wish list of things to do before you bury me in the grave or burn me up. I haven't decided yet. Either way, I think this Moxley is going to win, so you get Moxley versus Punk somewhere down the line. Zach, you're up. Yep, Moxley wins. Uh, even in the spot of CM Punk, uh, Tanahashi was there to be the highest profile best main eventer that could lose um, and not get hurt because he's an absolute legend. So... He's not heating up. <laughs> it's Buck. I'm done. <laughs> He's I not, cooled off. He's uh, not heating I, up. I was trying to go with the beat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree with both of you guys. Jason can see my pick. I picked Moxley also. So now we have the main event, which is a fatal four-way. Well, is it a fatal four-way? It's not a fatal four-way. I'm assuming if it's a... Um, 
It's first person that elimination. Would, no, it's first person. Well, that that's gets a yeah, that's a big Okay, okay. So whoever gets the pen here. So we have Adam Cole, baby. Adam Page, Okada, and Jay White. So from least to most, Zach, please go first. I, I was sure thinking you were gonna have me go first. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have Zach go first. All right, least likely, Adam Cole, baby. Third, least, uh, Okada. Number two, Adam Page. Number one, Jay White. I love it. I love it. I'll go next. I have Adam Cole. Baby! As four, I have Adam Page. Three, I have Okada. Two. And I have Jay White as being one and retaining. Jason. You can mark me down exactly for what you just said. Um, I can't see the IWGP championship changing hands on American soil in this scenario. I know people are going to say, oh, Jay White lost to Okada in Madison Square Garden. It wasn't a fatal four-way. It was a straight-up one-on-one. And I don't have a problem with that. Now, in this scenario... Somebody has to take the pin. Adam Cole feels like it's the, and I hate to even say this because I've seen a lot of people running down Adam Cole in his AEW run versus his NXT run, and I get it. It's not the same thing, but somebody's got to take the pin. Adam Cole is probably the one guy that could probably do it and still maintain his status moving forward. So, yeah, I agree with you. So, the three of us have been doing podcasts for a long time. What's what's the number? 262. 262. So I'm going to ask you, because none of us are watching this together. Zach, where are you watching the pay-per-view? Uh, so well, I think I'll be watching at home. We're camping this weekend. So I think I'll be back in time to sit in front of my TV and watch it. They ain't going to be back in time. So... Tinder Mahal reached out to me today. He was like, come on over. Yeah. I'm like, man, I got two things to do during Sunday. Like Sick baby. I got a sick baby. I think I'm going to have to buy it at home or watch it the next day, pirate it for free. Obviously. And just try to avoid spoilers, I guess. Don't look at Facebook or yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I didn't really say that's easy to do. I mean. Uh, Jason, where are you going to watch it? Well, you know, kudos to high five Tom and making sure I'm living my best wrestling life. I will be in Chicago. I'll leave. I'll leave Sunday morning early. I want to try to get there about noon and then hang out with the boys. You're leaving at six o'clock AM. Probably feed the cats and then uh, dip up out of there. Um, I'm just excited to see how this is going to all unfold because as an AW mark, number one and then, well, I'm sorry, New Japan Mark, number one, AEW, number two. You're going to have my two favorite promotions in one failed swoop for about four or five hours. So I'm really curious to see the booking on how things go because if it's all AEW, people aren't going to like it. If it's all New Japan, people aren't going to like it. So it's got to be some more of a, a nice little blend of a lot of shit that makes sense. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out. The wrestling, I'm not even worried about. The booking, I'm kind of curious to see. How Boys, we talked about a lot of wrestling tonight. We just shoved a lot of wrestling. Down like, your throat. Fucking, we didn't start the fire podcasting. You know what I'm talking about? 
<laughs> we got some birthdays this week. Not very many, though. Uh, we got Billy Kay. You remember her? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, part of the inspiration, part of the uh, whoever they were in the uh, WWE. I can't even think of who there was. Who were they were in the uh, in the WWE? What was their na- tag team name? WWE. They were called. Uh, I can't even remember. Zach, are you still there? The iconic. Yes. There we go. Thank you. Uh, See, he's got that young brain. You know, he's not <laughs> Yo, like a dude. No, fuck that. He does as JJ much Dillon. as I do. JJ Dillon. I got that horny brain. <laughs> I gotta remember the exact keyword. Billy K reminds like me of my wife's friend that had when I was late for work. No chest. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, two jokes at the same time. Sorry, Zach. I mean to show you your joke. Uh, JJ Dillon. Uh, on my Mount Rushmore of all time wrestler or all time manager. R.I.P. R.I.P. He would have been you, 80. Uh, did you say that he has like a name like your mom's perfume? Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Mark Jindrak. Mm. Happy birthday. He would have been 45 this okay. year. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Dude, come on, man. How you not going to know? Well, you go, you, see, that's the fucked up part about it. You put me on front street, be like, you know, you look at me like, what, is he alive I mean, or dead? I, I do a lot. Oh, he's still alive. No, see? born in 77. Oh, he's 45. Oh, he looks huge. Looks like Homelander. Uh, wow. Matt Stryker, who I always enjoyed. Great commentator. Great commentator. Matt Stryker is 48 in Heidenreich. Who I always got mixed up with Tyson Tomko, and I still can't keep them apart. Oh, my God. Which one's the one that raped Michael Cole? Heidenreich? Yeah, that's Heidenreich. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hit the music. Hey everybody, I know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Patriot Pad, for Sideways in Time podcast, for Vice, for Tinder Mahal, who am I forgetting? Your sick daughter. Sick daughter, Eduardo, Edna. She's going to make it through. I hope she's good. For, you. for Jason Cornelius Bell. For me. I'm Bill Veggie. Check, check. Uh, support your local weed deals, support your local restaurants, check. and boo the heels. Boo.